Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. This week and also last week, we've been taking as our theme 10 questions about spiritual revival. And today we're asking, why is prayer so important for church and personal revival? Once again, our co-host is Lindy Sperring, and Lindy is the prayer ministries leader for the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz, and she's speaker, and she's a speaker who really enjoys speaking at women's ministries conferences, prayer conferences, and also on the subject that we're dealing with this week. It's the life-changing impact of the Holy Spirit. Welcome to you, Lindy. Hello, Gary. How are you? It is really wonderful to, uh, uh, to have you back with us again. This is day eight of ten. I, I, it is amazing. Are you exhausted yet? A little bit tired, but still pretty excited to be able to do this. You actually sound like you're getting a little bit croaky even. <laughs> <laughs> Probably been talking too much. Uh, that well, I, I wouldn't say that. I'd say you've been talking sufficiently. Um, yeah, no, this is day eight of uh, uh, of our ten week series that you're actually co-hosting. Really appreciate it, Lindy. The things that you've been sharing, uh, and tell me, how have you found working for a working for a church in a paid position as opposed to the many years you served God as a as a lay minister. Well, you're right, Gary. This is the first time I've worked for the head office of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. But in the past, I've actually worked for one of our Adventist schools for nearly 18 years. I've worked at Adventist Book Centre for a couple of years, and then I worked as a chaplain in our aged care facility. But it's the first time working for the head office, and I find the only way to keep the pace up is to stay well and healthy. Eat well, sleep well, exercise drink lots of water, otherwise I just can't keep up. Lindy, you don't know how true it is what you've actually said. I mean, I've, I, I'm still, I've been working now in, in ministry in various roles in ministry now, I think for about, uh, 38 years. And I've got to admit, I think I'm starting to feel my age just, uh, just a little bit. The, the pace is, uh, is quite frenetic, uh, on, uh, on occasions. Absolutely. And our pastors, as you know, Pastor Gary, they're working often seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So there's a big, big responsibility for you. You need to look after yourself too because we need you here. Yeah, don't talk to some minister's wives about this particular issue because they will actually have uh, something very profound I bet. Uh, to uh, uh, to actually say. Uh, but look, let's come to our, uh, to our World Watch segment. A couple of days ago, I received an update from uh, David DeLima. Now, David's one uh, of our our friends of Faith FM Australia, and David's the South Australian Family Voice Australia rep. 
uh, he was uh, sharing about the progression of euthanasia legislation in the South Australian Parliament. Now, in his newsletter, this is one of the things that he said, uh, members of the state upper house on Wednesday night, now, of course, this was last Wednesday night, overwhelmingly endorsed a proposal for legalised euthanasia, despite valiant efforts by pro-life MPs Claire Shreven, uh, Dennis Hood and Rob Lucas in particular. While Premier Stephen Marshall says he would not personally avail himself of death by lethal injection, he endorses the bill and is keen for its swift progress through the lower house, indicating that he will give it uh, government time. So it would appear that debate in the lower house will occur as early as Tuesday uh, and the bill could pass this coming week. Now, uh, David, um, can you just update us? What is the current status of this bill? Yes, Gary. Uh, good afternoon to you and to all the listeners. The thing about politics, of course, is that it's unpredictable and what was certain last week has become different this week. Uh, what that boils down to is that the Premier has come under huge pressure from his parliamentary colleagues and it seems that the bill will now be debated next week rather than this week. Tell me, has there been any consultation with, for example, the churches? Because I'm so conscious that issues of morality would normally have certainly had some input from the churches. Has that been the case at all or no? Uh, in a previous generation, Gary, the government of the day would not dare to make any moral uh, change to legislation without firstly consulting the churches and getting their blessing. Uh, those days seem to be sadly over. Uh, unfortunately, our churches seem to have lost our traction. Okay, okay. That's, that's actually very significant, actually, because churches have certainly been called to be, as you rightly indicate, salt and light to, yes. to our world. But look, David, just another question, if I can. Now, some of our listeners may not be aware of the problems with euthanasia. Why are you and Family Voice Australia so opposed to it, both philosophically and practically? Yes, well, practically, in particular, we are most anxious to protect the most vulnerable in our society. Uh, I'm thinking of the elderly and firm, and I'm thinking of uh, uh, the handicapped who are newborn, and the, the sad reality is that in jurisdictions that have legalised euthanasia, it's those two groups in particular that are uh, receiving euthanasia not with their consent. Uh, babies, of course, are unable to give consent. Yeah. Uh, and, and the elderly and firm may not be mentally competent either to give consent. But without consent, they are receiving the lethal injection. Uh, I'll give you an example of, of that. Uh, the, there was a woman in the Netherlands who was sick. Her doctor said, you need to go to the hospital. She said, I'm afraid of going to the hospital. I might not come out again. And he said, look, uh, you'll be under my care. I'll, I'll, I guarantee you, everything will be fine. So she went to the hospital. Monday to Friday, that was fine until he went home for the weekend. Come Monday morning, she'd been euthanized. I, I, I really... What, ha yeah. what happens, Gary, is that our thinking changes when the law changes. The Bible says this, that the law is a tutor or a guardian mm -hmm. or a teacher. Uh, and so, therefore, we need good laws which remind us of what is right and wrong. 
But if we have bad laws, then we start to believe those. And so the situation overseas uh, has made it very clear that that cultural shift translates to the way in which the law is managed. Uh, and the same happened in Australia with regard, in South Australia or everywhere, with regard to abortion. You know, the, the, the law was going to provide exceptions, but then the culture changed as a result of that legal change. And now we've effectively, effectively got abortion on demand. Uh, why would that be any different with euthanasia? You know, the, the parliament makes much of safeguards that it wants to provide. But what happened to the safeguards that were there with regard to the original abortion legislation here in South Australia? They evaporated and then the law just caught up with it. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate what you're saying. Look, David, one of the arguments that I'm really conscious often gets uh, thrown at this this particular debate is, you know, we would put down our, you know, our dogs who are suffering, but why don't we do the same thing for our uh, for our friends and our loved ones? Because it's not mm-hmm. fair that they should carry on suffering. How would you respond to that? Yes, uh, that's an excellent question. Human beings, of course, are very different to the rest of creation because we're made in the image of God uh, and therefore a different moral standard must apply uh, while it may be uh, it may be compassionate to put down a suffering animal what we need in dealing with humans who are suffering is not to kill the patient but to kill the pain uh, now there are sad stories that have been made much of in the media recently of you know, people's elderly mother or grandmother or something suffering and dying. Now, that's totally unacceptable. Uh, that represents a failure of palliative care, and we need to make sure that we provide proper palliative care. In this modern technological world in which we live, there should be no reason why anyone dies in pain. Yeah, no, so, I, I agree with what you're saying there, David. I know that, yes, you know, yes. as, a, as a pastor, I've, I've sat beside many beds of many people who are who are dying. I have certainly, I've sat through my own uh, family, uh, my mother, my father, uh, when they passed away as well, I was certainly with them on both uh, on both occasions. I, I can well remember my, uh, my my father, uh, he actually had a stroke, but uh, didn't uh, didn't die for uh, almost a week after after his stroke. And uh, at that point, it was a huge challenge to both myself and my brother at that time. And you, and these questions do come up, and they're the most natural questions to actually yeah. come up. Yet the thing that I know that I'm uh, really conscious of, David, is that uh, you know I've also sat with with families who have haven't always been happy to do the right thing by their parents, even I'm thinking financially now, you know, and some of the pressure that I've seen uh, come on uh, mum and dad from children who are anxious to get their hands on the inheritance. I'm afraid it just leaves me asking, David, hey, if they had actually had input into an issue of life and death, uh, which way they would actually go? How would you respond to that? Yes, yes. In a nutshell, the, the option to die would become for many a duty to die. Uh, and people are afraid of being a burden to their family members. They're also concerned about uh, loss of autonomy and loss of dignity. And hence you get this phrase, dying with dignity. We are inherently dignified, no matter what our medical or mental situation might be. Yeah. So, uh, as I say, it's, it's not not just the elderly or infirm, but it's also infants who are at risk. And I'd love to just touch briefly on an example that came out of Holland uh, back in 2005. Several 
senior doctors they admitted killing newborn babies who they deemed were unworthy of life. So uh, these problems arise, and uh, I'll give you another example of a a person who uh, was not uh, was not dying. Uh, in fact, they they weren't even sick, but they were just tired of living. They said, and they went to the doctor and said, "Doctor, I'm tired of living. I want a lethal injection." He said, "Yes, yeah, fair enough." He gave it. He was prosecuted, but he was vindicated. Wow! So he had he'd broken the law. This is the cultural change that I'm speaking of. If if juries won't convict because they themselves have been swept along by the culture, then it doesn't matter what safeguards are in the law. So we have to make sure that we don't go down a track whereby the law will teach and educate society to think that euthanasia, the, the application of lethal injection, is a good thing. We've already got such a problem of suicide in Australia, it's uh, it's an absolute epidemic. We we do not need a law which effectively says that uh, agreeing to have one's life ended is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, David. Look, really appreciate your input today. I think that's been very valuable. Uh, just tell us though, if people would like to get onto your uh, newsletter, now you send out a Family yeah. Voice Australia, and you send out a a regular newsletter that yeah. updates people on where uh, on how these issues are actually um, surfacing around Australia, uh, how can people get onto your uh, onto your newsletter? Yes, yes, Gary, we'd like to send out a, an email alert. We'll happily send that out at no charge to anyone that would like to receive it. Um, if they just go to our website, which is uh, familyvoice.org.au, uh, they will find us and uh, they can link up to us that way. Fantastic. And, I, and look, I'd really encourage our listeners to do that. I really appreciate your uh, your newsletters there, David. I think they are incredibly valuable. They certainly keep us in touch with uh, what's happening around uh, Oz uh, today. And uh, really, uh, thank you for your ministry. And uh, I just pray the Lord will uh, continue to bless you. Thanks, Gary. That was David DeLima uh, speaking to him early today. Now, in his newsletter uh, that I received just a few days before that, um, he he actually says this, and Lindy, I'd be interested in your feedback on this because you come with a hospital chaplaincy uh, background. This is this is what what he says. Unfortunately, MPs are losing sight of the common good and the role of civic authority to promote life. Our prayer is that MPs will heed the instruction given millennia go by the um, mother of King Lemuel in Proverbs 31. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of those who are destitute. As it will be the, he says, it will be the voiceless elderly, the helpless infants who eventually uh, stand in danger of being euthanized without consent or awareness. If the euthanasia bill becomes law, it's vital for us to speak up in their defence. Now, um, Lindy, I mean, you come from a, you come from a chaplaincy years working in chaplaincy. You worked in aged care. Do you see any dangers? Do you have any comments about about this type of legislation? Yes, Gary, I'm very concerned about it, actually. When doctors are trained, they take that Hippocratic Oath, which is to preserve life, and that's as it should be. We are to preserve life. It is not our – we don't have the authority to take life, I don't believe. The Bible in the commandment says, thou shalt not kill or thou shalt not murder, and in a sense, this is – taking liberty with yeah. somebody else's life, especially those who are 
not able to speak for themselves and are in a difficult situation. I saw many elderly people going through that transition from life to death and it was done with dignity through palliative care and it was managed very well. And I believe we are at great risk in society to allow this type of thing to happen because, as you say, there are those who would like to hasten other people's death. There are those who don't want to bother to care for a child who who isn't born perfect. And so the risk to society is great. And I think about my own parents, my mother, has recently been diagnosed with dementia. The last thing I could ever imagine is for a, a euthanasia bill to say, well, you know, the doctors decide or someone else decides because I certainly would never do that yeah. for my mother yeah. or for anybody. But it's it's very concerning, very yeah. concerning yeah. for the society yeah. that we live in that should value life. Yeah. And, you know, uh, one of the things that I'm really conscious of as a as a pastor is having set Sent with many, many families who uh, m- most families have got uh, the well-being of their their loved one front and centre. But you know, it's not true for everybody. True, um, there are those out there who uh, who actually would like to just encourage gently and persuasively behind the scenes for certain decisions to be taken financially. You know, and I see that type of issue arising, and I can just imagine as a pastor having to sit and counsel uh, with with both elderly. And and with family, uh, you know, I, I look at this bill and I see danger signs blowing up all over the uh, over the place. And I I, I believe that uh, this is something. If ever there's a time for us to be contacting our politicians and saying, you know, particularly here in South Oz, uh, and to be saying, hey, look, this uh, is something that should not um, should not even be considered. Please vote against it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Look, let's come to some uh, some music. This is uh, Sandra. Ed- uh, the uh, the uh, song is faithful uh, men what a uh, what a song uh, this actually is
time. That was Sandra Etterman, Faithful Men. What a beautiful, beautiful song that really is. We've got a free gift for you today. Our free gift for you today is the book entitled Incredible Answers to Prayer. Now, this was written by Roger Morneau, and this is a book of stories. You will love this particular book. Lindy, do you know of this book at all? I do, very much so. I've read all of his books, and it's a fantastic book that really gives you some insights into how prayer can change your life and the life of others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, this uh, this is just story after story, illustration after illustration. If ever there's anybody out there that says, hey, prayer doesn't work, then please refer them to this particular book because what it does is gives you stories of prayer that has been clearly and abundantly and evidently answered. And... Uh, I would encourage you, if you'd like a copy of uh, Roger Morneau's book, The Incredible Power of Prayer, uh, that we're offering today, please text us here at the studio. Now, um, just put the title of the book down so we actually know what uh, offer you're requesting. The Incredible Power of Prayer, with your name, your address, uh, your telephone number, and text us here at our studio, our studio number, 0488 880 811. That number again, 0488 880811. And you'll really come to this, to love reading the stories in this uh, in this particular book. Now, you may like, uh, if you'd like more, if you happen to be here in Adelaide this weekend, I'd love to invite you to come to uh, to my church over at Brighton. This is Amelia Street, The Hove. I'm going to be preaching at 11 a.m. And the subject that we're going to be preaching on this uh, Saturday morning is exactly the same subject that we're going to be talking on today. Uh, so if you'd like to come and join with us and you're here in Adelaide, we'd love to have you come and join join with us. If you can't make it to the Hove, then I'm actually also preaching again a second time down at Victor Harbour and uh, uh, we'll be sharing the same sermon uh, down at Victor Harbour in the afternoon. Uh, that will be commencing at uh, uh, at 2.30 uh, in the uh, in the afternoon. So uh, if you'd like details for Victor Harbour, just text us here uh, at the studio and ask for the information and we'll give you the uh, actual address back again. And that number again is 0488 uh, Now also, just uh, one other thing that's really coming up that I really want to bring to your attention, and that's uh, this, uh, this Friday, Gummerucka and Birdwood. Now, uh, this is up in the Adelaide Hills. This it's a beautiful uh, site, Gamaraka Birdwood, and this is a Bible Society fundraiser. Now, that's occurring this Friday, the 14th of May, at 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. or until all the goodies are sold out. Now, uh, the uh, Gamaraka Birdwood Bible Society fundraiser, and it's going to occur at the Birdwood a United Church, Shannon Street, Birdwood. That's right in front of their op shop. Now, they're going to have baked goods, delicious home-cooked cakes and biscuits, jams, pickles, uh, garden produce, potted plants, bric-a-brac, books, 
and it's all going to support the incredible work of the Bible Society. And the Bible Society really does a fantastic job. Uh, there's nothing like a good country stall, and you'll never know what you actually might find in, in that location. Uh, if you have any extra produce from your garden, you'd like to donate any, please bring it along also. Uh, if you've got any queries, please give Sue a ring, and that's 04, uh, 0447 uh, 490 610. That number again is uh, 0447 490 610. One o, and uh, I believe if you want to do a trip, if you happen to be in the Adelaide area and you want to go up to Gummeracka and and Birdwood, you'll love that day. Uh, it'll really uh, be a highlight. Why not jump in the car and head up there? That's this Friday, fourteenth of May, ten a.m. until one p.m. at the Birdwood uh, United uh, United Church. You're listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Lindy Sperring, and Lindy is the Prayer Ministries Director here in uh, South Australia. And this week, and also last week, we're taking as our theme 10 questions about spiritual revival. And today we're asking, why is prayer so important for church or personal revival? Now, Lindy, I really appreciate all that you've actually shared this week. I am just so conscious that the greatest need of the church today, I believe, is actually spiritual revival. You know, in the church today, there's a formality that has really come over the church that I think many of us really do uh, do struggle with. Now, you know, one time I did actually study the history of revivals. That was an intriguing study. But, you know, on every single occasion, there seemed to me to be a common element that really jumped out at me. And it's that there were believers, there was a pastor, there was a, there was somebody who was praying. Often there was a group of people who were involved in this prayer ministry. And as a result, their own lives and the life of their church was actually revitalized. Now, there seems to be this incredible connection between a prayer and spiritual revival. Now, help us out on this. You know, why is prayer so important for personal and church revival? It's a big question and a very good question, Gary, and, and I agree with you. As we look back at revivals throughout history, and we talked a little bit about the Welsh revival, before it happened, there was a group of people praying and praying regularly. But people mightn't understand what does it mean to pray? What is prayer? You know, a very prolific writer, in fact, the most prolific female writer the world's ever seen, Ellen White, said, prayer is the breath of the soul. Mm. And just like we need to breathe, to eat, and we need to take in food, we need prayer for our spiritual health and well-being. Okay. But what is prayer? Prayer really, sometimes I think, Pastor Gary, we think prayer is all about us, but it's actually God it's prayer starts with God. And in Isaiah 65, 24, this is what God himself tells us about prayer. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are still speaking, I will hear. And to me, that tells us that the answer to our prayers is prepared before we even pray. So the desire to talk to the Lord about our needs actually starts with God. 
And I think when we understand that it's God who wants to connect with us, we we see it so differently and not like, oh, we have to pray to maintain our spiritual strength. It's God wanting to speak with us because he loves us so much. And yesterday you were actually talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. And, of course, when the Holy Spirit actually comes into a person's life, you get these changes that taking that, that start to take place. They actually, you spoke about the desire to actually uh, read the Scriptures more and it becomes something that is not a burden but it's something that you actually look forward to. And, you know, the thing that I've, uh, I've discovered is that this issue of prayer is very similar because it seems that the more that you pray, the more that you actually want to pray because the Holy Spirit does actually change your mind, your thinking processes, and your spiritual life is actually, I think, en- en- uh, enlivened uh, through prayer. Absolutely, absolutely, and I've seen that in my own life and in other people's lives. It's really about relationship. To me, I describe it sometimes as being connected to the source of power. Mm-hmm. So if you lose electrical power in your house, what happens, Gary? You can't put the television on. You can't boil the kettle. You've got no lights. You may have no heat if you've got electric heating. And so without that power source, your home isn't working. And it's the same for us. We need to be connected regularly to the source of power. And prayer is really, it's about relationship. It's about, you know, for those who might be listening who haven't prayed very much, you can ask God to teach you to pray. The disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. We can learn about prayer. And as you say, the more that we ask the Spirit to live in us, the more we want to pray and the more that our prayers come in line with God's will. You know, what you're saying is actually really significant because we've actually been speaking over the last few days, you know, there's been this comparison. You know, so many people say, oh, you know, if a person's a Christian, if they've, you know, got their name on the books perhaps out there. But you've actually spoken out about a, a thing called carnal Christians. And in many ways, I've sort of, I suppose, seen that as being a um, bit of an oxymoron, you know, because how can you have a carnal Christian? And yet, from my reading of Scripture, what I seem to be uh, concluding is that it's actually prayer that has the ability to transform a carnal Christian into a person who becomes a spiritual Christian because there seems to be a you get this connected relationship yes. instead of having a, a a person standing alone you've now got the got the spirit actually dwelling in them in fact I know I remember one time I was actually uh, speaking to uh, uh, to an individual and I Probably actually share it this weekend when I'm when I'm preaching on on this particular subject that I, I suggested to to an individual that um, the biggest and I said to them I said what is the biggest sin a Christian can commit and they thought for a moment and you know listed down a few and I I said to them I said well no I'd suggest to you that the biggest sin a Christian can commit is actually to not pray because prayer is actually the power source for living the Christian life. And if a person is not praying, it means they have no power source for the Christian life, which means they're going to fail in their Christian life. If that's true, then my suggestion was that, uh, hey, the bigger sin uh, that you can actually commit is actually to not pray. Now, how would you actually react to something like that? Well, I think that's very true because we are actually commanded to have this connection with God or or to pray to him. In Psalm seventeen six, it says, I call on you, my God, for you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. And so 
there are many other scriptures in the Bible where Jesus was saying to us, we need to pray, we need to call on God, ask, seek, knock, like it tells us in Luke. And again, through that asking, we are praying or asking mm. for the Holy Spirit so that we are connected to the source of power so that our prayers make a difference. And it is God's desire for us to pray in the Spirit. We are to pray in Ephesians 6.18. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, which means praying with the power of the Holy Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So in other words, here Paul is saying to us in Ephesians, we need to pray always in the Spirit through God's Spirit asking us or showing us or revealing to us how we should pray and when we should pray and for who we should pray. And I don't know about you, Gary, but I want to pray prayers that are going to further God's kingdom and make a difference to people's lives. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that actually so true? You know, one of the things, one of the passages of Scripture that really actually quite intrigues me is uh, is actually Luke uh, chapter 11. And, of course, this is the chapter of Luke's version of Christ giving what we call the Lord's Prayer. But so often we actually forget what was actually uh, occurred before Christ gave what we call the Lord's Prayer. And uh, it, it says this, it's uh, Luke chapter 11. And those of you who are listening can actually look it up in your Bible. Um, now, it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, and then he gives them what we call the Lord's Prayer today. But to me, the thing that really jumps out at me is here what we've got is the disciples are actually being are asking Christ to teach them to pray. Now, this is something that really intrigued me because when I first read that, I, I sort of thought, hey, what's actually going on here? Because these men came from a Jewish background. They didn't come from a secular background. They had grown up as Jews. They had been come through the synagogue schools. They had gone through education that taught them religious values. Even fishermen had to be taught religious values. That's right. And one of the things they had to be taught was how to pray. Now, they had been taught in the synagogues um, how to pray. They had come out. They went every week to worship in the synagogues. And yet these men ask Christ when they hear him praying, they say, Lord, teach us to pray. Lindy, what is that saying to you? Well, I think that the disciples witnessed up close and personal the powerful answers to prayers when Jesus prayed, how the Spirit worked through him, how healing flowed out of him, how people's lives were transformed by his words when he spoke the Beatitudes and here they are and he also counseled them about just praying in the synagogue and you know uh, pontificating and just and repetitious on, words repetitious words and, and showing off in a sense yeah, in yeah, a prideful yeah. manner Jesus warned them about that and these disciples they wanted to pray prayers that were different they saw 
up close and personal that Jesus had a very strong connection with his father and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The most powerful prayer, uh, you know, Lindy, that I think any person can pray is what these disciples have prayed here. To go to Christ, to get down on their knees and simply say, Lord, I don't know how to pray. Teach me to pray. Yes. You know, that to me is an incredibly powerful prayer because when, when that happens, a change takes place because he will indeed teach you how to pray. He will. He will. And, you know, to, to, to me, this, uh, this is just so important and so powerful because it's in, it's through prayer that there is actually revival in the spiritual life and there's actually revival in churches as a, as a result. But Lindy, look, our time is starting to run away with from us already. Let's start coming to the practice. How do I pray? Yes, how do we pray? Well, again, we need to go back. We have to ask God to teach us how to pray. We need to perhaps put aside time to pray. I think it's important to pray at least twice a day, morning and night, before you go to sleep, when you wake up. And it says in the Bible to pray without ceasing. Now, God obviously has a lot of people praying across the world, so there's a lot for him to listen to and take in, but he can do that easily. And so we need to have a prayerful heart, if you like, that we're praying all the time before we make big decisions, before we go forward, before we... um try to minister to others, we need to spend that time, that quiet time in prayer and calling upon the Lord. Now, I pray, Gary, while I'm driving, but I do keep my eyes open. You'll be pleased to know. That's good, and I'm pleased about that. That's, that's very reassuring, actually. <laughs> actually, Lindy, Tell us something, though. You've mentioned to me that you, you do actually pray first thing in the morning. Yes. How do you, what do you say? What do you do? I mean, when you pray, mm. what does that actually involve? I suppose it really involves opening up my heart to God. You know, you can pray just, dear Lord, bless this person, bless that person, and, and just get into a sort of a rut of prayer. But I try more to just share what my heart, Lord, I've got a busy day today. Um, do you have a particular form? I mean, do, do you, I mean, Christ, for example, uh, spoke, you know, after this, you know, and he, when he gave the Lord's Prayer, and there are some people who divide up the Lord's Prayer into various parts and say, hey, look, you know, it's good to do this and that and something. Do you do any of that sort of, uh, yeah, follow a, that sort of form or? <laughs> sometimes, Gary, there's this different way. Sometimes, more often than not, the first part of my prayer will involve me praising his name. In okay. some way, okay. and, and giving honour to him, and then I might just, I might. I think just before you move on on that, but you know, Lindy, that I find to be something that is actually really important. I know in my own prayer life, um, to be actually able to uh, to start and uh, start your prayer time, and myself. I do, you know, I'm so thankful that I'm, I'm actually a morning person. I know there are people who aren't morning people out there. I'm hopeless at night, but in the morning, love the morning, uh, uh, morning times. And, uh, to be able to, uh, to get up before anybody else is up, but to be able to spend some time in prayer. But, you know, when I'm praying, what I find is that it's so important to start with praising God. Absolutely. Absolutely, because as you praise him, you draw closer to him, he draws closer to you. And I think it's part of showing the respect and the honor and the recognition that this is almighty God who didn't just create this earth but the whole universe. Yeah. And so yeah. we come respectfully before the throne. We come to him and we praise him, we honor him. We have this attitude of gratitude and we are thankful no matter what goes on. And then we might just share how we're going. We might often on my heart is to pray for family members who <clears throat> excuse me have perhaps 
fallen away from the Lord or family members who've never come to the Lord. And, you know, I get many, many prayer requests, which we often pray on our our Wednesday night prayer group, but I will sometimes, they will come to mind during that particular time. So that's perhaps for me a more slightly formal time of prayer, Gary, but I'm a prayer ministry coordinator. I'm praying all the time. I pray before I come to this program. I pray before I speak. I pray before I write. I'm always in a manner of trying to ask the Lord because it's about him, him working through me to make a difference in other people's lives. I understand that your husband actually prays for you while you're actually speaking. Absolutely. Sometimes, Pastor Gary, we've been to churches where they're quite noisy and not settled or there's some block, if you like, and my husband will always be sitting in the pew He'll sometimes do the PowerPoints for me and he'll be um, praying and interceding. And many, many times the noise will, will dissipate and there'll be quiet and a peacefulness there. He has great faith and he prays for me if I've, you know, hit the brick wall or I've got a bit run down. He's in the background praying. He'll be praying for me while I'm doing this. Yes, he's interceding for me which is amazing and wonderful. That's wonderfully powerful, isn't it? That it is. is incredibly it powerful. Is. We all Look, need that. Lindy, let's come to some, some music because uh, our time is starting to run away from us. This is Anthem Lights. It's called the Invitation Medley, and it starts with uh, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. What a prayer. Uh, this actually is for the day and age, uh, for the subject that we're talking about today. Uh, please enjoy. Turn your eyes upon Jesus Says, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. To Jesus, I surrender to him.
Anthem Light, uh, the invitation medley. Turn your eyes uh, upon Jesus. Uh, what a what a beautiful song. What wonderful thoughts are in uh, in that particular uh, song. Uh, that don't forget that giveaway book for today. That giveaway book's entitled "Incredible: uh, The Incredible Power of Prayer" by Roger Mourner. It's a real it's a real beauty. It'll t- it's a incredibly practical. It'll tell you exactly how prayer has been answered on so many uh, occasions. If you'd like to have your own copy of the Incredible Power of Prayer. Uh, just uh, text your uh, a text that title, the Incredible Power of Prayer, together with your name, your address, and your telephone number. Just uh, text that to our, our studio text number here, which is oh four double eight double eight o eight eleven. That's oh four double eight double eight o eight eleven. Also, uh, please, if you're uh, if you're interested in joining with us uh, with uh, with me this Saturday at the Brighton Seventh Day Adventist Church, Amelia Street, the Hove, at eleven o'clock, I'm going to be preaching on exactly the same subject uh, in in a church environment. If you'd like to join with us, we'd love to have you uh, over at uh, uh, over at Brighton. I'm going to be sharing again in the afternoon on exactly the same subject down at uh, Victor Harbour. That's at about three o'clock. Uh, if you want the full details for the address. Uh, please text us through uh, on our studio text number and we can provide that to you. That's 0488 811. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with Pastor Gary and today our co-host is once again Lindy Sparing. And Lindy's the Prayer Ministries Director here in South Oz. Uh, this week and last, uh, we're taking as our theme 10 questions about spiritual revival and today we're asking why is prayer so important for church or personal revival? Uh, now, Lindy, you were talking uh, about uh, about how you pray. You're talking about prayer. Did you want to expand on that a bit more? You know, Gary, it's not just our own personal prayers that are important, but it's important to come together with other people. Okay. You know, on my heart, as soon as I moved here from Victoria, was to see a great revival here amongst the churches here in South Australia. And I know as we drive around, we can see many churches have closed up. But we need a revival of true godliness. And the only way that's going to happen is as we stand together and we pray regularly and with hearts drawn out to God, really genuinely wanting to see transformation and a revival here in South Australia. And so I encourage everybody to get together with a group of other people of like mind and to be praying regularly for a revival here. And you know, that's a very beautiful thing, you know, because I know that I've actually done that on a number of, a number of occasions, uh, certainly really enjoyed it. You know, um, so often people think, oh, coming together to pray has to be, has to be dry and, dry and boring. I mean, is it dry and boring to pray with others? I mean, how do you actually do it? I mean, is there a practical way to do that so that you can actually, uh, be, uh, be greatly encouraged? Look, absolutely, and there's different ways. Sometimes when you're praying, you might write down in a prayer journal the different things you're praying for, different names, or you're praying for revival, but you're also praying for other things, or you might just go around the group and each person has a turn. I pray with people who don't pray out loud, Gary. They just want to pray quietly, but their hearts are joined to the same prayers and they support Mm. them in their hearts for what we're praying for. So there's a there's a number of different ways. I also like to pray God's word. And one of the most important ones I like is in Ephesians 3, 
verses 14 to 21. So you're claiming God's promises. You are claiming his promises in the word. Some of the most powerful prayers that I've ever seen answered is through praying God's promises, not just once. But Can you praying. share one with us? Well, it would be Ephesians 3, and I'll, I'll just turn to it and read it out to you just briefly. But this is a powerful prayer, and I've encouraged many people to pray it and to pray it for other people and to put their names in, in there. Okay, so so this is just while while you're getting that, uh, this is actually a, a really key element, and I'd agree with you totally on this one, uh, Lindy, because uh, so many times it's the it's the claiming the promises of God that seems to have uh, amazing uh, amazing power uh, connected connected to it. Yeah, that's right. And you know, when we put other people's names in it, it's it's through a passionate sort of relationship that and love that we have for them that we use the scripture so ephesians chapter 3 this is paul speaking to the ephesians verses 14 to 21 so just listen to this and remember that you can put someone's name in it for this reason i bow my knees to the father of our lord jesus christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you or the person you want to pray for, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And then it goes on to say, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church, by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. I encourage you to pray that prayer, to put the names of those that you love, that you want to see come to the Lord, and to pray it regularly with your heart drawn out to the Lord. And I believe that you will see... Things change as I've seen in my okay, own so life. that's what's that passage again? Ephesians chapter three verses fourteen to twenty one. It's actually okay. a prayer. It's a prayer that Paul has talked about the appreciation the mystery of God and this great love that God has for us. And of course, if you don't have a Bible, folks, look, you can actually pick that, pick a Bible up online, type in that particular passage, and uh, I believe you'll be richly blessed. Have a look at it in a modern version even, uh, because sometimes it makes it uh, so much more uh, uh, understandable uh, if you if you actually do uh, do that. I know that over in uh, in my church on uh, numerous occasions we have, uh, have times of prayer. In fact, we have prayer meetings where we just pray and you know, we use a thing called popcorn prayers, you know, because mm. we just want to go pop, 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 pop. In other words, <laughs> every person is allowed to, allowed to pray, but they're allowed to pray as many times as they like. But every prayer is only allowed to be one thought. Uh, so you'll actually have um, a, a person a person will pray and someone will follow up. And people follow up on exactly the same thoughts often. And uh, uh, I've, I've seen those popcorn prayers go uh, yes. for a good hour. Yes, And yes. Uh, you don't realize that you've actually prayed 
prayed for an hour. You sort of think, hey, this just sounds like conversational prayer. This isn't a lot of these and those, but it incredibly, it's, it's incredibly powerful when you actually do that. Absolutely. And you know, we're really blessed when we pray in a group as well. I find, I used to run prayer meeting back in Victoria and I was working full time and I'd think, oh, I've got to go home, drive all the way back for a prayer meeting. And, and I loved it, but sometimes I'd be tired. But once I got there, it's like the spirit showed up and invigorated and the prayer time and I'd come away feeling strong again. It's amazing and so how we're that empowered. <laughs> it is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, no, look, I, I really appreciate what you're actually sharing there, Lindy, because there is power in prayer and there's, I suggest, even more power in corporate prayer. When others are praying for me and I pray for their needs, you know, that is just so, you know, when I hear somebody praying for me, it is incredibly encouraging to me, Absolutely. but not just from a uh, because somebody else is supporting me, but because I do believe there is an Almighty God who has got who speaks and responds through His Holy Spirit. Yes. And uh, you know, the, the, the sort of I mean, uh, Lindy, I mean, have you seen prayers answered? Absolutely, Gary. Every every single day, I see that God is working through the prayers of us. Of us in that when people are unwell, they'll be healed and restored. In that people who have shut off to spiritual things, their hearts are starting to open. In that God strengthens me when I've got to speak and others are convicted by words that come out of my mouth. And Gary, I'm not a great orator. I don't have this great intellect or background, but when we walk with the Lord, when we surrender things to him and when we ask him to his will to be done here on earth, we will see amazing things, especially, Gary, if we, our hearts are committed to the Lord and we are not holding sin in our hearts because there are, there are things that we need to be aware of when we're praying that we are not putting hindrances in the way for, to our prayers being answered. And that can be if we're regarding iniquity in our hearts, it says in Isaiah sixty six eighteen, the Lord will not hear. So I don't want to regard iniquity and I ask the Lord to keep me, I, I confess my sins regularly so that when he, when I am praying, he can hear and he can act. Mm, so wow. that's really a whole topic on, a, on another it, it is, but I think it's one that might be well worth us actually coming back to, uh, certainly at a, at a future time. But look, tell me uh, something, Lindy. Uh, I understand that you've actually got a, um, a Facebook page where people can contact you, where uh, you're happy to actually pray for and with them. Absolutely, and I've had one or two uh, contact me on that, and so it's called Prayer Power Adelaide, PPA, Prayer Power Adelaide. PPA or Prayer Power Adelaide? Yeah, I just said PPA for shortening it, but it is Prayer Power Adelaide. That's on, on Facebook. Facebook. And you can go to that site, and if you've got particular prayers or concerns, uh, not only will I pray, but I'll take it to my Wednesday night prayer group, and we'll be interceding and praying on your behalf. Wow, that that's an incredible offer. And, uh, you know, I, I'm so conscious that sometimes there are people out there who say, hey, look, you know, I, I, I struggle to actually sit down physically with somebody and pray, but I really appreciate it when somebody who is a prayer 
will actually pray with me. And you know, praying online is actually remarkably easy because you don't have to, you don't actually have to physically meet the person, but they're happy to share their needs and you're happy to pray for them. Absolutely. We can do it that way. Sometimes we just offer to pray or we say the prayer online. It depends on the person's request and, and where they're at. And, it, and they can reveal as much or as little about themselves Absolutely. as they want to. Absolutely. So that's prayer power Adelaide. Yes. And that's your website and that will go uh, to you to you personally and you'll deal with that with your particular prayer group. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yes. And it would be a great privilege to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that that would be fantastic. And look, folks, can I just really encourage you, if you'd like to have, have Lindy pray for you or for your, your particular needs, then Prayer Power Adelaide on Facebook, and uh, I believe you'll be richly blessed. Lindy, I'm just wondering, how would you like to pray uh, for our people uh, that might be listening, that the Lord will pour out his Holy Spirit on them, uh, that indeed he might teach each of us how to really deepen our prayer experience as happened to those early disciples. Thanks, Lindy. Okay. Gracious Heavenly Father, you are Lord of earth and worthy of our praise. You created all things, Father, and you created us, and we are so thankful, Lord. But as we come to you in prayer today, Lord, we recognize our great need, and we know we need to learn more about prayer, and we pray that you will teach every person that is listening how to pray more prayers with depth how to pray more prayers with power, how to pray people's lives to be transformed and changed, how to pray for peace and love and unity to happen among God's people, how to pray for a revival of true godliness here in South Australia. And I pray, Father, that those that are listening, that are carrying heavy burdens, will understand they can put them at the foot of the cross, that they can bring them to you every single day. You are not wearied by these things. But we often are. So we give them to you, Father, because you are Lord and Master of all things. I pray, Father, that those listening will be blessed in a mighty and powerful way, that their relationship with you will grow stronger, that they will go from perhaps being carnal Christians to spiritual Christians and be filled with the Spirit and have burdens lifted off and grow closer to the Lord Jesus. And I pray all of this in his precious and powerful name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Lindy Sparing on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Helen Gray and Lindy, uh, again, spend the entire time looking at the question, can God's promises give victory over sin? Really look forward to being with you. But until then, uh, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you.